our companion episode we are talking about unbelievable on netflix the uh story the well the show based on a 2015 article about a series of rapes in washington state and colorado that occurred between 2008 and 2011 and um and discusses also the 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 police investigation surrounding it it's a um it's a it's an interesting uh you know, series. It is definitely a series. Yeah, it's definitely it's a it's a nonfiction narrative series. It's not a docu series. Right. Um, real actors. Yeah, real actors who do a writing. great job. It's it's really good. Yeah, I like it. I think it was even nominated for some Golden Globes, possibly. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty fantastic. So um, we'll we'll start by talking about it. Spoiler alerts ahead if you haven't watched it. Seriously, if you haven't watched it, go watch it and then come back to listen to our opinions about it. Exactly. But the the crux of really what happens is in the first episode, a young woman, 18 years old, who is just released from the foster system essentially because she has aged out, is on her own for the first time, and she is raped uh in the middle of the night in her home someone breaks in yep she lives in an apartment complex or a community in a complex that is again for foster kids who are transitioning into Mm -hmm. adult life right and so this person who raped her um would have had to break in uh you know to her apartment i think she lived alone if i'm she did live alone um, you know, so it would have taken a little bit of work to figure out when she was going to be there, when she was going to be alone, making sure nobody else is there. So whoever did this, um, must have had some, you know, forethought as to how they would make this happen and achieve it. And so the, uh, essentially as the story goes for the rest of the first episode, which sets up the story for the rest of the series, uh, she files a criminal complaint, of course. Then, as detectives are looking into her life and her past, uh, and the details of her story may not have always added up, and there was a significant lack of physical evidence because the M.O. of this rapist is to make sure that all of the women he attacks spend at minimum 20 minutes in the shower washing off any DNA after the rape. Hmm. So, um, as we quickly see, you know, with this person that we'll call Marie, um, the lead, in my opinion, she, you know, calls the police. She tries to communicate with them about what happens. It's 
fairly apparent that they have questions and they mm-hmm. question her story. And then the questions that they have quickly turn to accusations. They bring her back in. And in my opinion, they just ultimately badger her, you know, into to, uh, just recanting right, her exactly. entire story. That's literally exactly and what just, happened. You know, wanted to get out and out. Now, this, this is a young girl who has had some prior abuse in mm-hmm. her earlier years. Mm-hmm. So she's already traumatized by that. She's been in the foster system for quite a while. She's, um, you know, doesn't have anyone really close to her. She's got some foster families that have supported her in the past. But um, I don't know if the, the real people are anything like the people in the, the series. But, um, you know, I don't think these are people that she could really lean on um, as much as maybe if she would have been, you know, a not in the foster system or, you know, would have had a family to support her. Um, you know, she, it appears to me that she always feels like a bit of an outsider. It was too much for her. She was so traumatized by what happened to her earlier. And then to really have her, have her story questioned in the way that it was questioned. I mean, it was rough. It was not, I don't know if that was anything like the real story, but it was, um, anytime you turn a victim, you know, into a person, um, a suspect, um, per se, because Mm -hmm. this Marie person, we later, you know, after she recants, they prosecute her, you know, for, it was a misdemeanor charge, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, it was a misdemeanor for filing a false police report. Yeah. So not only did she get raped, but then she recants because they are so harsh on her and, you know, really turn it around that she wasn't the victim and she was wasting their time, but they actually take her to court you know, and she has to stand there with an attorney and mm-hmm. explain to them over and over again about how she lied. And, you know, it must have been really hard. I don't know if we will. We don't ever know who Marie really is, but I'm sure someone does. And it, it just is heartbreaking to think that she had no one to turn to and especially no one at the police uh, police department that would, you know, go down that road with her when she really needed support. Right. So uh, when we wrap up this episode, I will give a little bit of an update on Marie. She, Marie is a fictional character in the show, but it is very close to accurate. The way she's depicted and the events are very, very close to accurate to what really happened. And it... Marie's true name is is still unknown, and I think that's fine, but there are some details about her current life that are uplifting. So after Marie is forced to recant and uh, goes to court, has to uh, pleads guilty to a misdemeanor, has to pay a fine, then we cut to a completely different story in another part of the country. And here is where we are introduced to two detectives. They're two women. They approach the cases for which they work very different. Uh, The first one is Merritt Weaver, who is fantastic. She, I think, was nominated for Golden Globe for her performance. Uh, And Sonia, you mentioned to me how much you loved her approach as as a detective, when she consulted with victims well she she just had this lovely demeanor and i don't know if that's the way the real person the real detective was or not but this actress i thought did a really great job of um you know she she has a really calm demeanor she was very thoughtful in her approach 
you know, she had obviously dealt with this kind of thing before and had been, been frustrated um, with the way that rapes had been investigated in her past. Mm-hmm. And so um, she felt strongly that people should be heard and uh, all of them should be taken seriously, um, you know, and, and uh, when you come in with a story like this and you have the guts to come in and talk about it, knowing that you're probably going to be um, put under scrutiny, you know, in, in a way that's really traumatizing, even more so traumatizing than, than when the rape actually happened. Right. Adding all this together is just so rough. I can see why a lot of people don't, you know, report rapes. I know, it's it a major was, problem. It's really, really sad. It is really sad. And to your point about the way that she was so soft-spoken and gentle, this is going to come as a huge surprise, I'm sure. I am not a quiet person. When people <laughs> are really quiet around me, it freaks me out. Uh, <laughs> she was good. I was she, like, Well, at first, it, like, it bothered me, but it, it grew on me. Mm-hmm. And I really loved that character it was so good and she's she portrays a woman of strong faith and relies on her faith but has her faith shaken somewhat based on the events that are happening around her yes the other detective that we're introduced to is tony collette uh and the actress the actress yes sorry tony collect the actress from united states of terra uh and among many many other things sixth sense um and merritt weaver if you're not familiar with her she used to she was on uh, nurse jackie as like the rookie nurse young spunky excited a very different role for her but tony collette's character is kind of the opposite of Merritt Weaver's character. She is strong, bullheaded, no nonsense, push everyone aside because she is driven by the need to solve. And it's not that Merritt Weaver's character isn't, but Tony Collette's character is going to do whatever it takes, regardless, to get the answer and bring the culprit to justice. So, as we said, you know, there are multiple rapes that have been reported in different areas of the country, Washington State, and and I think in particular Colorado is where the majority mm-hmm. of these happen. Correct. Um, to a young woman, to a couple of older ladies. Right. So, it appears to be a bit random, but the consistent uh, factors are that this person will break in, he will, um, he's, you know, has a backpack, he's wearing, you know, almost looks like a ninja outfit, he takes pictures of them while they're naked, he brings makeup, he brings pantyhose mm-hmm. and all kinds of other weird things that he brings with him. Um, he, again, has them shower for a very long time, brush their teeth um, in an attempt to get rid of all the DNA. He is not successful at getting rid of the DNA and three of the different crime scenes. And this is what ultimately leads to his undoing um, because they're able to tie this back to a person that they could clearly identify as the rapist. One of the things that I thought was really fascinating is they kept on, they, they started to notice a pattern because as Sonia said, majority of these took place in Colorado. There was one in Washington. I think there was one in Kansas or Nebraska or something. And, but for the ones in Colorado, the, the rapist would know the police districts and would he was a serial rapist but would go just outside the district from his last victim Mm -hmm. and then 
they were starting to be able to paint a picture of this serial rapist. But what he knew is that the that police departments don't share information very well. So one precinct will open a case, but not share that information with another precinct, which really raised a lot of eyebrows for the detectives because now they think they might have a police officer who knows the system, he knows how not to get caught, he knows how to play this to play the other departments and play people against them uh, against each other. And so they start to get concerned. And one of the recurring conversations is about the rate of domestic violence of male officers that self-report. And it was something crazy, like 35%. And that really struck me. I don't know if that's accurate or not. What do you mean self-report? They essentially in their file admit to doing that. Oh. Yeah. Admit to it because someone else accuses them of it or just readily says, I'm not sure. It was just self-reporting. I know. It's crazy. That's a huge number. 35%? It it was something like that. It was like, it was a number that blew my mind. No, I think you're right. So if it's, so essentially now the theory is, well, if we have 35% of all male officers self-reporting a history of domestic violence, Who's to say that we don't have officers that are taking it to the next level? Yeah, no. I think that there were, to me, a lot of clear examples of, you know, this person, again, like you said, they knew the the forensic, Mm -hmm. um, the forensic background around what the police would look for. If I'm not mistaken, I think there was a book that someone published about, you know, the rape forensics and this person, that book was found on this person in this person's house. Uh huh. Um, you know, it's not that hard to study up on this kind of thing because there's so much documentation out there in the world anyway. Um, and it ended up being that this person also had a military background, which made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So they had some knowledge of this, and it may explain some of their, um, you know, their their challenges and the, their violent tendencies, which you'll see in you know victims of PTSD. Right. So, who knows if that was a factor in this guy's situation, but. You know, it was uh, it was really interesting. I think the biggest part of the documentary documentary is not a series. I think the biggest part of the series for me was you know the appalling behavior from the police department and um, and the way they treated the first victim who tried to report it and then you know accusing her of and diverting attention away from what she was really reporting Mm -hmm. and not taking it seriously Mm -hmm. just because of her demeanor. Right, and um, you know, she was a 18 but i i mean she looked very young to me if she had had challenges in the past and she was in and out of foster care um you know i i too when i watched it i was like god this is it seems so strange like you know she is acting really strange but it was of course you know a self-defense you know mechanism right she was just trying to protect herself so just ignore it you know keep and not think about it. And if I say that it didn't happen, then eventually I'll myself will believe that it didn't happen. Um, you know, I would, I would strongly suggest that if you have ever had a situation like this, or you know someone in a situation in a rape or a, um, a sexual violent situation, it's a good documentary to watch because not a documentary. Or sorry, oh, <laughs> it's a good do- it's a good series to watch because it really gives you some insight, and then it'll also help people who don't have any you know, sort of proximity to this kind of thing. 
it would hopefully make you respect, you know, the victims a little bit more Mm -hmm. and have a better understanding of why their reactions may be different than what you would think they should be. And, um, you know, it's awfully hard to, to understand that mentality unless you've been there. I mean, there's so many overwhelming um, feelings that happen, you know. I mean, you've been violated, you've been physically harmed, mentally harmed, you know, you just, I mean, I think that the the second victim who reported it, I thought did a really good job of standing up and explaining what happened. And in, in if I was her, I may or may not have reported it, uh-huh. but she was really, she took a strong, you know, stance that it needed to be reported so that this didn't happen again. What I really liked about her was that she was, she was super strong. She, um, to a large extent actually played it off that she, that it didn't really bother her. And then she has this moment where she just completely loses it and breaks down and says, I can't go home. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Don't have anywhere to turn. Um, Which I thought was really interesting because if I was in that situation, God help me, hopefully I never am. I could totally see myself being that way. I have to put on this brave face. I have to be strong. I have to get through it. I just, you know, I have to go through the motions to get done and then wait until the end and then I can let it all go. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, she was fortunately strong for everyone. Yeah, she I was. Her story was the most important story to propel this forward. And the other two ladies, you know, certainly it certainly helped the other two ladies, you know, who had also been raped. Um, one was, uh, you know, middle-aged mm-hmm. you know, black woman. And, you know, of course, she was dealing with it in the best way that she could have. The other woman was 60 or 70 and was um, a dorm mother you know yeah and, i mean this was a a person who should never have to go with this no. at, at her age go through something like that well, it no was one at any terrible. age should have to do that but yeah yes. but i mean i hear you i know news. that's what i thought too though like, yeah my agree. god agree, really totally. like yeah and 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 he did the same thing to her I and mean, so right. it was really really strange it was um it was a sad story I thought it was really interesting, Marie, at the end, you know, talking to the police and really standing up for herself mm-hmm. and saying, don't ever do that to somebody again. Do better. Um, yeah. You know, because it was, you know, they were they were they were 100 percent sure that she was lying. And that was not the case at all. Absolutely. In the penultimate episode of the series, I think there's there's eight episodes. Uh, the uh, so Merritt Weaver and Tony Collette, the uh, their detective characters, bring the the rapist to justice they bring him in he is found guilty of a ridiculous amount and he is sentenced to like 372 and a half years in prison by the judge the judge just has no tolerance whatsoever so it's a it's kind of a celebratory happy feeling but the one thing that the detectives wanted the whole time was the password to this guy's computer Mm -hmm. and he absolutely refused to give it to them and they were even willing to negotiate not that he was ever going to see the light of day ever again but willing to negotiate as long as he would put that on the table and he wouldn't do it so they finally were able to get in through uh and it was heavily encrypted and this is all true even though it's in the show this is all completely true about what happened and they find a they find pictures of all of the women that they knew about and then they come across a picture of a young woman who they suggest only looks about 12 years old 
and we know her to be Marie. And so Marie is played by Caitlin Deaver, who you might recognize from the movie Booksmart, which was pretty entertaining. It was uh, kind of like the the female version of Superbad. Um, <laughs> so, but she plays this role really, really well. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. Uh, yeah. I'd never seen her before, not that I remembered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's, it's, it's funny. It's a funny uh, movie. You'd like it, I think. Uh, but it, so... They discover, they discover her, the original detective that investigated her case is brought to Colorado, shown the evidence, realizes what a horrible mistake he has made, mm-hmm. uh, then returns and gives Marie essentially a $500 check ri- written by the city as an apology and her <laughs> record would be expunged. Uh, and Marie is... She, this character, and I think probably the real person, has bounced from one job to another, to another, to another. She couldn't hang on to employment. She was clearly psychologically damaged by this. Oh, yeah. It was on her mind every single day. She couldn't concentrate, so she couldn't hold down a job. So $500 to her was a really big deal, and it's something that she could have used for sure. But she had the wherewithal to think, no, I deserve more than this. And I think a key part of where she got that confidence is because she had to go to court-appointed therapy. Mm -hmm. And the therapist that she saw was the first person to really believe her. And she didn't even tell her that it was real. Marie never admitted to it. Yeah. But there was a comment made something about, it doesn't matter, you're not going to believe me anyway. Mm -hmm. And the therapist like, I don't think anyone that didn't go through this would ever make that story up i believe you yeah yeah i think that really helped her fortunately and um you know i hope that her life has turned around you know and then she's gotten support and definitely and help and and sort of turned it around as well as the other ladies who, who oh, were course. victimized as well of course so marie ultimately is awarded at least in the show i don't know what the actual amount is uh, $150,000 uh, she takes that money to pretty much start over in life. Marie, we only know as a character. We don't know who this person actually mm-hmm. is. Her name has never been published, which that's totally fine. But what we do know is that uh, she was interviewed for the original article that this show is based off of. And she is currently married, and I think she has a couple of kids. And she actually served as a consultant on this show. Awesome. Yeah, so she's thankfully doing very well for sure. herself. The um, I just want to go back to the article, the original article, which was called The Unbelievable Story of Rape. And it was a 20 fe- 2015 article, again, about the series of rapes. The article was written by Ken Armstrong and T. Christian Miller. It won the 2016 Pulitzer Prize for Explanatory Reporting and the 2015 George Polk Award for Justice Reporting. So it was a very important document, a very important article that shed some light on on subjects such as this. And then there are, I think, when the article the article went on to inspire a, a full length book as well. And then I think the the series that we're talking about is based on the book. Okay, got Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. So got they it. expanded it yeah. a bit when they first the fir- article first came out. Uh huh. 
one of the things I love doing when I watch a narrative show that's based on actual events is to read about the original event and read about the true characters and how close to source it really is. Mm -hmm. And this is one that is really close to source. Hmm. The characters are very accurate. Uh, from what I read, Marie is played very well, very accurate to uh, the real person. The events are not exaggerated. It's pretty dead on. Uh, the only characters that may have been exaggerated somewhat are the detectives. Mm -hmm. The Merritt Weaver character in real life is a religious person, but she is not as young and timid. And in the show, she's presented as being the junior detective between the two. In real life, she was actually more of the senior detective. <laughs> and then Tony Collette's character, uh, as I said, was presented as being very strong and bullheaded, no nonsense. Uh, in real life, she is that way somewhat, but it's not nearly to the extent that it's presented in the show. But I really thought it was it was great and impressive that it stayed very true to the real events. And it's nice to see that you can create a narrative nonfiction story that's not documentary, but still be accurate to real life. Sure. I would suggest you guys take a look at the article. Also take a look at the book and... We would highly suggest uh, that you take a look at the series as well. It's well worth it. Alrighty, thanks for listening to our companion episode. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's right, Scarlettos. Thanks for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Alrighty, have a good one. We are the ladies of Scarlet. Keep killing it. <laughs> <laughs>